Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The ugliest Dixie darling on the planet in front of Big <laughs> Kelly Center as he uh, gets into the spirit of things here. Football week on the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is about to join us. Also, Alan York, who is the play-by-play voice of the opening opponent. The Liberty Flames. I was going to say, we're not even going to call them. <laughs> yes, uh, he'll be on the show a little later. Got lots to tell you about, about the big two-hour show uh, that we're having downtown uh, in Midtown, I should say, tomorrow. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. Proud supporters of Southern Miss and a great place to cater your next event. Whether it be large or small, we want to encourage you to do business with Dickie's. They support Southern Miss and uh, their food. Always delicious. I'm hearing feedback from somewhere. Do you hear that? Stanley? I do. I do. I think it's probably Heath's line. Heath, uh, is your radio on in your house by any chance? No, sir. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Well, nevertheless. I, just, I, Heath, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation uh, joins us uh, to kick off the show today. All right, Heath. Uh, we're just a few days away, and I don't want to talk so much about the football game, but just a few days away from what everybody we've talked about on this show for years. Everybody has been waiting on since the news broke. Just a few days away from officially joining the Sunbelt Conference on the field. I know the Sunbelt logos are now on the field. Uh, your thoughts as uh, we approach this really historic day this Saturday night in the Rock? I think it's just an overall win for everything, uh, for every uh, athletic program at Southern Miss, the rivalries, the distance traveled, um, just from overall scale, it's just an improvement and a better move. You get out of Conference USA, which, let's be honest, leadership was very lacking at times, and you go into a conference where you see uh, Commissioner Gill uh, always out there, and uh, it's just been leaps and bounds better as far as what a conference does for you and the way they've handled things. Um, just the whole the whole process has been better, and it just makes you feel like you're wanted in a conference. I think sometimes Southern Miss felt like they weren't wanted in Conference USA anymore. Uh, there were decisions made that always affected Southern Miss in a not a positive way, and it just seems like the Sun Belt, it just makes you feel wanted. You feel like you wanted to be there, feeling that footprint, and it's just a win for everybody. Kelly Sander, here's a question uh, that's been kind of been on my mind. 
Will all of this translate into tickets sold? What do you look for Saturday night in the way of attendance? We talked, we touched upon this a little bit yesterday about how important the first game is, regardless of what sport it is. The first game always sets the tone for the rest of the season. So for Southern Miss, who, who is undoubtedly the underdog, even though they're at home this Saturday, based on last year's teams, both Liberty and Southern Miss's, performances last year the eagles are the underdogs going into this one but to be able to pull it off game one it means everything another reason is because you're probably going to have the biggest crowd of the year except maybe homecoming you know for the alumni that come back but the biggest crowd of the year so more eyes are on you this weekend than any others you know there's they're really really close to breaking the eagle club membership record they're really close to breaking the individual contribution to the Eagle Club. So there's, there are a lot of eyes on this football program right now, probably for the first time in many, many years. That's, what, that's how big this game is Saturday. So what, 25,000? You didn't answer me. 26,000, 28,000, 20,000. Oh, you're asking me to name a crowd? Right. Yeah, I, well, I would, I, would say, I would say in the uh, mid to upper 20s, I would think. And if they win and can somehow come off with a 3 and one start, those numbers you would think would only go up. As now, you know, there'll be those that will say you we're being a little optimistic here, but no. I say it's game one of a, of a new year. All right, Luke Johnson, uh, Liberty's won 18 football games in the last two years. They've won three straight bowl games. Uh, they've been, uh, the in the last three years, the least number of games they've won is eight. They're going to be a tough matchup. They will, and, and I think, you know, we talked all about, uh, you, you were out yesterday, we talked about Charlie Brewer, but... But Heath, I mean, you look at you look at Liberty's defense. We'll talk to Alan York a little later on and get some specifics. But I mean, they just allowed just over uh, 300 yards last year, and you know, uh, I, I think the offense in a Hugh and this Hugh Freeze team gets more attention. But it may be the defense that may present the most trouble to Southern Miss on Saturday. Yeah, you have really good front seven, and, and you look at Southern Miss where they've struggled. It was been an offensive line, so. Uh, Southern Miss kind of has work cut out for them. Uh, what you're going to see now is how much this offensive line, this group from Southern Miss has grown because Liberty's not going to do things to beat themselves. They're going to play fundamental football. They're not going to turn the ball over. If you're Southern Miss, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to find a way to move the ball down the field and score and complete some short passes and open those running lanes up. If Ty Keys, which Coach Hall said today, had one of his better practices in the fall, if he comes out and he can hit those slants and he can be accurate and open things up, I think the offense can move the ball because there are pieces in place, especially with skill position guys, that can do a lot of damage to teams. But that offensive line is going to have to give them a little time. If they can do that, this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Specifically on the offensive line, and then I'll, I'll let you zoom out, we won't know the depth chart till tomorrow. Any any changes? I asked David Eckert this yesterday. Um, he he didn't think there would be any changes. Your opinion, specifically on the uh, the offensive line or kind of at large, will there be any surprises when the depth charts are released tomorrow? I don't think there will be. I think we kind of know what we're getting uh, from what we've seen in fall camp on the offensive line and defense. Uh, he's been really uh, talking one of the the barn twins up at tackle, so maybe you might see him jump in there left tackle or something, uh, but I don't think you're going to see much change in what you saw in fall camp. In fact, he said the other day, he said, look, what we thought we were coming out of fall camp is what we are, that we're kind of where we're at. So I don't think you're going to see uh, 
a lot of major changes anywhere uh, when the depth chart comes out. I think we kind of know what's going on. Bob? Well, I, I think uh, I think when, when you talk about this Liberty game uh, this weekend, too, from a, the way that this thing could shape out is you've got – a. On Liberty now, remember, it is it is Liberty, but they've got some guys on this team that are brand new to this system. They've got transfers that are going to start from Tulsa and Kentucky and Boston College and some other. So, I mean, they've got guys that are in this system very early on. So I don't, I don't look for a finely oiled machine like it was last year with Liberty. Now, it's not to say that those guys aren't talented players, but it's they're in a new system with new players around them. So there's bound to be some mistakes. Now, Southern is still the underdog, but I don't think this is the Liberty team. And people would say simply because Malik Willis isn't there. And that's a valid point to a degree. But um, I don't think it's the Liberty team that's been, but Southern is still the underdog. Heath, obviously it's just the second year uh, for Coach Hall, but how important is it uh, a game for Coach Hall in the respect of, of, of showing that this is a much improved team from last year? I think it's huge. I think it's very important. I think Coach Hall was not happy with last season. I don't think any of them were. I think what they did at the end of last season to revamp the whole offense to win a couple of games was a pretty impressive coaching job. But, yeah, he's got to show this time, he's got to show the offensive line can block. There are things that need to be shown at this point. Maybe not as much of a win, but show the game being close. Let people see that there is improvement being made. If you just show improvement, you'll get people to buy in. I think sometimes Southern Miss fan base is just, they've heard it for the past couple of seasons, and the seasons have to do where they are, and they get a little complacent. I think sometimes if the football team goes out and shows how good they can be and what they can do, then I think you're going to win the fans back. And I think and I think this is a fan base that is hungry for success on the football field in particular. It's been far too long that they have not been really been a good. a long time. Yeah, forever. that they have not been good consistently. So they're hungry as a group. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting, and uh, I think it's the beginning of a new era. Clearly it is. And I hope that Mother Nature doesn't have plans to make this thing wet and messy and sloppy. Well, it hasn't rained much lately, Kelly. So there's probably little <laughs> chance at all. Right? Not at all. all right, we're going to keep Heath over uh, for the next segment and uh, continue our conversations about football. Want to remind you that uh, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Also, want to remind you that we're going to be at Mobe Beignet tomorrow from one to three o'clock, and at two fifty tomorrow afternoon, we're going to announce the winner of the first pair of season football tickets. We're going to do the same thing again on Saturday. You still have time to go to the Super Talk Eagle Hour Facebook page and uh, get in the you know get in the bucket there. Get the get your chance to win. As my grandson told me once at a baseball rival, if you ain't playing, Papa, you ain't gonna win. If so, you don't uh, step up to the plate, you can't hit the home run. <laughs> so right? if you don't get on the Facebook page, you don't have any chance of winning the tickets. Somebody's gonna win a pair tomorrow afternoon. It might just as well be you. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, they'll be hopping at Campus Bookmart all weekend. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, right across from the Southern Miss campus. Miss Kathleen will be wheeling and dealing, Kelly Sander, no doubt about that. It's a gold out, so if you're going to get a shirt for this Saturday, obviously you want to want to make it gold. I guess in honor of the gold out, all rappers are simply going to smile. You know, uh, and you would know because you hang out with a hip hop crowd a lot. Don't yeah, you? well, I was with Bad Bunny last weekend down at Daytona. Bad Bunny. Oh yeah, How yeah, about we, that? we had a big time. Wow. How yeah. about that? He's, I, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea who the hell Mad Bunny is. He, he's a Latin rapper, you guys. Come on. Oh, I guess we're just not hip, are we, Kelly? I no, would you, pay money to see Kelly Sander and Bad Bunny hang out. Yeah, or see Kelly, right? Do you do hip hop yourself? I, that, well, I'm more into gangster rap, but yeah, hip hop. Yeah, you have some moves? Could you yeah. show up? Never mind. I don't no, you make fun of my Dixie Darling no, moves. I don't, why I don't would want I to say I'm going to have a hard enough time getting that out of my head. I don't There's know. a reason why we held Heath over to this next segment. Yeah, Actually, really I like know. Heath's little phrase I'd pay money to see Kelly and Bad Bunny. It, it rhymes. <laughs> Heath, you may be a rapper. We just don't yeah, know it, bro. That's right. I, I, may, I may be a rapper in disguise. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> All right, Heath. So uh, at, uh, I think there were, weren't there a couple of Conference USA games this past weekend? Am I right about that? Could not believe that North Texas went to UTEP and manhandled UTEP like that. Really? They just tore them apart. Um, I, I was I was really shocked because UTEP, and it, you know, obviously one game does not a season make, but UTEP is a program that was on the rise. Uh, they had a really good year last year, and all indications were that they were going to – but, man, North Texas went over there and, and whooped them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Heath, your thoughts about the Sun Belt. Uh, I guess the consensus is Louisiana is the team to beat in the West. Uh, App State and Coastal Carolina will probably fight it out in the East, although I think I think the dark horse there is that Georgia State team that I agree. got robbed by Auburn in the yeah. SEC last year. Uh, does anybody in the West have the you know the punch to uh, to challenge Louisiana realistically for the Western Crown? You you look around and you just think that Lafayette with everybody they have coming back, even though coaching change, different things. I I think there's enough talent there to win it um, in the West and in the East. You're exactly right. Um, look. I like Georgia's. I like Georgia State as well. I think it's an interesting school because of being in Atlanta. Uh, the stadium they turned the old Turner Field into a football stadium. What kind of facilities are they going to have? They're spending a lot of money on renovating a lot of other athletic facilities there. I think they're like one of those sleepers in the Sun Belt. Watch out for because they're going to be able to jump up. I think going to make a big stride this year as far as catching Coastal and, and catching Appalachian State. Um, I'm with Kelly on that. I think that's a team to watch. Yeah. Luke, uh, you agree with all that, I would gather. Yeah, and the only thing with Georgia State, they, they are not probably – if they have a really good record uh, by week six, they will be probably you know pushing the top 25, probably getting some votes. Yeah, it is, you just, it you is could brutal, just look up and they might be like two and four through the first six. They might be a team you know, that, that loses five games and, and wins like – you know, six or seven in the Sun Belt. So uh, that that's the only thing about them. They got some they got some tough trips and and they start uh, r- really tough. Apart from that, I mean, yeah, I- I'm interested to see how James Madison does. Um, 
because most of the time you in every other situation the FCS only gets you know one or two chances a year to play FBS and it'll be interesting to see shoot if James Madison wins four or five games this year you know having made the jump I mean I, you, you better watch out I mean I, I think they they could be in the next three or four years they could be a team that's uh, that's competing for for the East Crown as well but when you look at the West other than Louisiana. This thing could be wide open. And I'm not necessarily saying that all the teams are going to be great, but I'm saying it could be wide open as to who finishes second because I'm not necessarily sold on South Al, or a lot of other people are. I think most people think that Troy is probably the number two. They've had a coaching change there. Uh, most people think that Arkansas State and Louisiana Monroe are going to be at the bottom of the heap in the West. But a Louisiana Monroe team, I believe, that came in here and beat us a couple of years ago, beat the Eagles a couple of years ago, that really, I think they won by a point that kept the Eagles from being bowl eligible that year. So Louisiana Monroe's not going to be a gimme. I, I think other than Louisiana, man, it's in the West, you could probably just throw a blanket over all of them and, and pull out whoever's going to finish second, which is going to make it fun, I think, from a fan standpoint. Yeah. Two years ago, could anybody on this show have envisioned this, though? that we would be going into the Sunbelt Conference. Could you have, Kelly? We, we envisioned it. I mean, we talked about it, and we advocated it, but there for a while we were, we were sort of scoffed at about doing that. You know, and I think what's even, what's even more gratifying is that the Eagle Nation didn't have to wait another year because in a lame duck year, this would have been torture and misery going through, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, Kathy Bates, whacking you in the ankle i mean real misery <laughs> yeah like in the movie uh these I, two youngsters on the show are gonna have no idea who talking okay, about, but i i just i just couldn't imagine going through another season yeah. in conference usa all right heath i don't normally do this on this show we don't really talk about schools outside of southern miss but who has the best football team in mississippi going into the season oh wow um Man, this is going to make some people really upset, but probably Ole Miss. No, I think that's I'd right. I'd probably say Ole Miss has I, the I best team. Jackson State, State, baby. Hey, okay, we got to talk about this. I love how people consider – now, a lot of people understand they're talking about Jackson State, and I'm not saying you, Luke. I know you're kidding, but Jackson State only gets 65 scholarships. The FCS, 85 is – what FBS schools get. That's what's going to make James Madison interesting. How are they going to be able, how quickly are they going to be able to regroup and add those 20 scholarships and get better, and how do they do that? That's what I'm fascinated to see with the James Madison because of all the talk with Jackson State wanting yeah. to move up. You know, guys, who I think I, feel- I think has been kind of a disappointment, and I'd, I'd be interested, uh, I'm going to reach out to some of my Mississippi State friends up at the Delta and ask them, but I I gotta think that the coach at Mississippi State's been kind of a disappointment for them. They don't they don't appear to be all that good to me, Kelly. But well, but, but you you don't hear anybody after him though. You know, think yeah. about I mean to put it in perspective. Think about if like Southern Miss became a triple option team like old school Georgia Tech. Like you don't have personnel to to do that. Mm-hmm. I I think that um, and I'm. I, I, I think that State's going to be a lot better this year. I think Will Rogers is going to be a lot better. And you, you didn't ask me who I thought was the best team well, in the state. Well, let's hear it. Madison Central. 
Yeah, First hand experience, boys. Apparently. Saw it Friday night. <laughs> apparently so. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the fifty it. burger. The fifty burger. Wow. <laughs> it was tough. They put up Friday. It was really tough. I, they, but just hammered West Jones like that. But, but know, saw, you know, saw a Southern Miss kid catch a touchdown, though. We're still so. – we we took the Jeep to the detailer, but we can't get the teardrop stains <laughs> out of the driver's seat from when Luke was driving back was, last Friday night. It was tough. Tell you what. It was really I'll tell really, you what, though. I, really and I would rather lose like that, and this is arguable. I would rather lose like that than lose seventeen to fourteen in overtime. No, man, there yeah. ain't no way. You'd, no. Rather, you'd rather lose no. a close game than get skull drug. No, no, no. I'm saying oh. I would rather get skull drug. Oh, than, no. than lose really? a close game. The clock was running no. nine no. minutes in the third quarter. There's no way that you just that you have to lower yourself to that. But no, so, but, but the reason the reason I'd rather get clubbed rather than is is because usually when you get walloped like that, you're never in the game, right? So there's no no false expectations of actually winning. But when you fight hard, tooth and nail, and then lose it in overtime, right? You know, there's a lot well, more. That wasn't close to being lost in overtime. <laughs> Boy, Luke, he is really <laughs> rubbing your, your. Yeah. Hey, can I actually ask a question that matters? Steve, all that new all right, give me give me the three keys to victory for Southern Miss, and then give me a score. You talking to me? Uh, go ahead. Uh, go, Heath. Let's do that, Heath, because we've got a minute left. Right. This will be the last time we talk to you before the game. Yes, sir. Three keys. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. i tell you what, offensive line, offensive line, quarterback play. Those are your three keys to victory. Give me a offensive score. Offensive line, run box well, offensive line, pass box well, and tie keys, complete some passes. And so what is going to be the final score, Heath Hinton? I think the first team to 27 wins. No, so that's not what we asked you here. We asked you what was going to be the final score. <laughs> uh, I, I got 27-24 Liberty, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 27-24 the other way. All right. You think it's going to be a good, close, high-scoring affair? I think it's going to, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fun game. I think, you know, it's going to be close throughout. But I think the first team, 27 wins. I think that'll be Liberty, but I wouldn't be surprised if Southern Miss pulls it out. Well, We've okay. got the better punter. Put the Eagles go. down. All Get right, it, Mason Hunt. Mason Punt. We thank you, buddy, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one, guys. He's hitting Big Old Nation, everybody. He joins us uh, each and every Tuesday, and uh, we always enjoy our conversations with him. 27-24. That's what he Liberty, said. Liberty, first prediction of the show this week. And we've got our pickums on Friday, and we'll do those from 4th Street Bar and Grill. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, third segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, right in the shadow of the rock. That's where we'll be Friday afternoon, broadcasting on the Super Talk Radio Network from 4th Street Bar and Grill as we get ready for the big opening game with Liberty University. Hugh Freeze coming back to town. Lots of excitement uh, 
about that. Alan York knows all about the Flames. He is the play-by-play voice of Liberty University. And, uh, Alan, we're really excited about Hugh Freeze being back here at his alma mater and that fine Liberty football team coming to town. Yeah, we are too, guys. I have a question. Uh, does the visiting radio crew get an invite to 4th Street on Friday afternoon when we get there? You're absolutely welcome. We would love to have you. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. Yeah. Always looking for a good meal on the road. So, And, that, um, and that's a yeah. good place to eat. Let me just tell you that. Well, I'm going to put it down. We've got a couple of uh, ideas in mind. Uh, John Cox has given us some uh, suggestions as well. But, I mean, back to your point, we are excited uh, for the ball game. Coach Freeze, the second time in two years, he's uh, been able to coach a team back in Mississippi. Of course, Liberty played Ole Miss last year. And uh, this time, going back to his alma mater. So it's going to be fun for him and uh, look to see kind of what both teams have on, on top here this, uh, this season. Well, we let me tell you this. Ask, well, let me say this. Ask, go ahead, Bob. I was just say this real quick. We had him on the show earlier this year, and uh, he told <laughs> us that if we had seen the spring football game, we wouldn't be worried about the opener. But I got to tell you, Alan, none of us here on the show bought that. <laughs> He just you know keep keeping expectations uh, at a minimum. But as any coach and any team would tell you, um, if if you don't have expectations, then you're probably not doing something right. And uh, Liberty, since I've been I've been here twelve years, fellas, and uh, the football is really really good. Uh, we moved up FBS five years ago, and now we're moving to Conference USA next year. So um, it's great. And you know he'll tell the media the same thing here. Um, and rightfully so. Uh, he has a lot of friends on that Southern Miss side uh, of, of the field and, and vice versa. So there are a lot of uh, really good connections in this game uh, when you really break down the game notes and all the coaching connections. But um, anyway, he, he's got some good players, and he's really – I tell people, um, if you can win at multiple places, it's not an anomaly. You're a good coach. And Hugh Freeze has obviously won wherever he's been. Yeah, he's a very good coach. There's no question about that. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah, we did want to ask you, Alan, had, has Coach Freeze ever brought up the fact that uh, of his baseball career at, at Southern Miss, which is was, was an object of humor the last time he was on the show? He would if I brought it up. We talk, obviously, about his golf game a lot, which he loves. Uh, but baseball, uh, that's funny. A lot of people don't know. Um, he, he tried to get to Southern Miss to play baseball. I guess he was cut in fall ball or something I was reading. But we don't talk about baseball all that much, yeah. but I'm sure he would. He's an open book. You ask him about anything, he'll answer it. So that, yeah, that's, that's he'll really mention- funny. The, the baseball coach that cut him, you know, wants some of the, the cut that he's made from his college football yeah. salaries now. He put him on the path uh, yeah. to success. I think we all do, for sure. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the Flames. Um, of course, we've been talking about it the last uh, week or so. Malik Willis leaves, and then Charlie Brewer, kind of a journeyman, uh, had great years at Baylor, transferred from Utah, and and uh, my, my co-host Kelly Sander was just talking about kind of the odds makers pulled this game off the board after Charlie Brewer was named quarterback, and I guess he fits a Hugh Freeze scheme very well. Yeah, he does, and kind of fits the mold of what uh, has been going on here the last couple of years. So you talk about Malik Willis transferring in from Auburn, and now Charlie Brewer, another FBS transfer, and uh, he's been here through the spring and, and getting those reps. And I, the, the separation between him and Jonathan Bennett, who was an original Liberty recruit, he's in his fourth year of the program. I don't know if there's much of a separation 
uh, between the two from what I've seen in, in fall camp. The one separation though, that Coach Freeze did talk about to the media this week was, uh, number one, the experience that Charlie Brewer does bring. I mean, he's got over 40 starts and took Baylor to the Sugar Bowl. So he's got that experience factor that uh, Jonathan does not. But Jonathan's a really, really talented quarterback. And also just – uh, some of the decision-making, uh, the tight throws and getting the ball out of the pocket a little bit quicker for Charlie Brewer. That kind of separated him uh, from Jonathan Bennett. But it wouldn't shock me to see both play uh, a little bit on Saturday. But it is Charlie Brewer's team to start, at least, coming up on Saturday uh, at 6 o'clock uh, Central Time. Like like most teams, uh, Alan, you know, in Division One football, you've got a lot of kids that you got out of the transfer portal. Um, I know you got a, a good one out of uh, Kentucky and some other schools like that. How realistic is it for them to be able to be plugged in that quickly and to be the well-oiled machine that Liberty has used to is used to being over the past two or three years? Well, it, it does take it takes game reps. I mean, you, you can get all the reps you want to in practice, but it, it's not the same. Uh, we do have three starters back on that offensive line. Uh, you mentioned some of those transfers. Day-Day Hunter in from Hawaii. Uh, he's one of our running backs. And uh, you talk about Nasir Watkins. Uh, he's the, the tackle transfer in from Kentucky. And also Cam Reddy, our center. He's an FBS transfer. Um, and every once in a while you'll, found, you'll find that diamond in the rough that maybe didn't work out at their pre stop and then uh, a different voice if you will different system uh, suits those players better and it's it's the world we're in now I mean coaches go to that portal every day just to see what type of actions going on in it uh, Liberty is no difference uh, but uh, I mean you need all 11 guys on one play in concert to work together regardless of how they got the Liberty uh, to make a play work and uh, that's the beauty about this time of year everybody zero and zero optimism is very high for every team. I don't care if they didn't win a game last year. Everybody thinks this is going to be our year. And uh, and Southern Miss is in the same boat uh, with the struggles they had last year. But the way they ended the season, um, and we're not even using a quarterback. I mean, that, that's remarkable what uh, Coach Hall was able to do. And uh, it's just going to be a fun matchup with all the connections we talked about and all the history for Hugh Freeze coming back down to Mississippi. As he has previewed this game coming up Saturday, what, what part of his team does he appear to be most happy with and is there any aspect of his club that he's a little bit nervous about? I think defensively, number one, uh, there, there's been some turnover from the coaching ranks defensively. Scott Simons left to take the D.C. job uh, at SMU. Uh, but at the same time, we've got two co-defensive coordinators, Jack Curtis, uh, who's got m- many years uh, in college football, and Josh Aldridge, who's a younger coach. Uh, they'll share the defensive duties. But that's a group that um, continues to get – just quicker and faster each year they've been in the system and Liberty defensively the last couple of years has been some of the top defenses in the country so I would start there um, obviously offensively is uh, is the baby for head coach Hugh Freeze um, he's the offensive play caller and uh, that I'm sure uh, gets him motivated to get up each day to uh, create new ways to make this offense go up and down the field but as fast as he might want to go offensively I mean you have to tailor it to the the skill players that you have. And Liberty does have some good guys coming back that can uh, catch and run the football. But I think for the key uh, is 
going to be the offensive line. They they were not good last year. There's no sugarcoating about it. And it's the same team that came back from 2020, uh, it seems like. And they had a really good year two years ago with that offensive line. Um, and that's not to cast aspersions on your new O-line coach at all and Sam Gregg, who now is the Southern Miss uh, offensive coordinator. That, that has nothing to do uh, with Sam Gregg. But it's just a group that did not perform well last year. And a lot of those guys coming back that did get some playing time, they're poised to forget last year and to show how good that offensive line is. So if there's one question mark, maybe it is that O-line right now. Uh, but defensively, definitely um, is something that's uh, garnering a lot of the headlines, at least around here in Lynchburg. So the Flames have won three straight bowl games. Just, uh, what, a year ago they were 10-1 and one on the season. Uh, expectations are high there with Hugh Freeze, are they not? I certainly at an all-time high. Uh, season ticket sales are at an all-time high. Um, revenues from our sponsorships are at an all-time high. And uh, Liberty, is, it's, it's kind of a hidden gem here in the central uh, Virginia mountains. Uh, but more more people are starting to take notice of what Liberty's doing, uh, not only in football, but basketball uh, has been traditionally a, a strong team. Uh, field hockey went to the national championship last year. So uh, it, it used to be this small Bible school in central Virginia. Now it's a worldwide uh marketing just behemoth if you will a lot of people are starting to take notice of it and it starts obviously with football being the front porch light uh, of the university with primo facilities we understand really fine athletic facilities yeah they're top notch um if we're not moving dirt around here something's wrong <laughs> so uh they're building a multi-purpose indoor facility for the olympic sports right now i'm looking out my office window softball's adding some indoor batting cages which they already had they're just extending that square footage of of their space and uh football renovations uh, continue at the at the at the stadium here uh, we've uh, the turf has been um uh, uh, replaced and there's a life cycle for the turf as you guys know and it's been replaced here for this fall we're adding a lot of new amenities uh, for fans and different price points for them to watch the game so uh, yeah facilities they continue to grow here at Liberty uh, just like the athletics program and if I'm not mistaken you guys if you count online programs Liberty has the most students of any college any university in the country but Liberty deems it the largest Christian school in the world with over 100,000 enrolled, including the online wow. uh, program. There's uh, 20 so uh, residential students, and they have goals of upwards of 25 to 30 here on campus. So we're uh, continuing to build the dorms and, and opening up uh, the gates to campus here uh, for people that want to uh, learn more about uh, the Christian way of life. And <clears throat> not everybody that comes here starts as a Christian, but hopefully uh, by the time they graduate and leave Liberty, uh, they grow closer to the Lord. At least that's the goal. And the moniker for our athletics department is training champions for Christ. And so we're doing that uh, one person at a time. All right, Alan, thanks a lot. Liberty University, play-by-play. All right, boys, see you Friday, okay, at 4th Street. And now, there you go, Alan York. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff talking about Liberty University Flame football. If you missed that, you can go back and check us out on demand at supertalk.fm or a plethora of podcasting platforms that Bob Getty mentioned earlier. 
Eagle Hour. It's raining here in downtown Laurel. Raining down there, guys? It's real cloudy here at the station. Looks like it's going to start any moment now. We had uh, some nasty-looking clouds. I think it's blown over. But anyway, we'll finish this Tuesday in the fourth segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Will Hall uh, talking today uh, about liberty, and uh, as we will talk about all year, Tuesdays for Southern Miss football called Competition Tuesdays. A couple guys uh, to, to note today. Uh, Kyron Barnes, he's a kid um, out of Adams County Christian, 6'4", 300, true freshman, offensive lineman, and he was talked about today. Uh, Coach Coach Hall said that he has really, really been good. Don't know if that's a, a tip of a hand. It's kind of hard to, to play, you know, freshman, no lineman, but Kyron Barnes uh, gets some um, some cred today from Coach Will Hall. Ty Keys had one of his best practices of fall camp, uh, more positive uh, reviews of Jacarius Caston, who I think is going to be uh, kind of the one-two punch with Jason Brownlee this year. Dalen Gill at linebacker, um, flying around, Coach Hall said, getting his hands uh, on footballs through the air. And then a couple more guys. Uh, DJ Burgess is, is a kid from North Mississippi, plays defense. Listen to Coach Hall talked about him this weekend. So you never know. I mean, last year this is a coaching staff that that played some some young guys and, and threw them out there. So uh, have to, to wait and see what, what Coach Hall says. All right, news and notes, only one. It's always special. Last week we saw Chucky Robinson get his first major league hit, a single up the middle. And last night, guys, he stinking crushed his first home run of his major league's career, a shot uh, midway up into left field. So major league baseball player Chucky Robinson of Southern Miss, first home run last night. Good for him. You know, he'll they can't can't take that one away from you, you know. And as a Cubs fan, he hit it off the Cardinals. So it makes me feel better. Yeah, you know, the, talking about uh, this this team the Eagles preparing for for Liberty this weekend and to show you the attention to detail. Um some of the coaches were telling me that that during some of these rainstorms that you know, unless you've been living in a cave, you've experienced here in South Mississippi about the last 3 weeks is that the team would actually they would at, at times go out in the rain specifically to practice in the rain because obviously during a game you, you might be in those situations where it is raining so you got to learn to be able to deal with it and saying that they've, they've gotten a lot of work done but the only reason that they would cut those practices short in the rain was because you're ruining the footballs right with the footballs made out of leather you don't want to completely ruin them but to make sure that they've got all bases covered, if you can use a baseball phrase, they've been practicing specifically sometimes in the rain so that they can, can have to deal with the weather element. They're prepared. Well, weather forecast as of right now, a daytime high of 82 on Saturday, an overnight low of 72, a 60% chance of rain. Well, and if the game is like at 6 o'clock, those storms usually hit about, you know. Look at this black cloud behind you right now that just rolled over here. No, that's that's my life, Bob. That's <laughs> Oh, your life's pretty damn gloomy, Kelly. <laughs> that just follows me everywhere I go. There's literally a black cloud over Kelly Sanders' shoulder. Yeah, I can't I can't get rid of it. It's just... How just, ironic. Yeah, it really is wild how that works. So I wouldn't be worried about that one. It's oh, the ones behind hey. it that... All right, we're at Mo Baby and Yay tomorrow from 1 to 3 o'clock. We've got Reggie Collier. We've got Lee Roberts. We've got Jeremy McClain. 
We've got Daniel Stewart. We've got Lee Applewhite. And we're going to give away two season football tickets tomorrow. And we're going to eat some beignets and drink some specialty coffee tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, two-hour show from 1 to 3 o'clock as the show goes on the road. And, and you know, then 4th Street on Friday afternoon. And Alan, the voice of the Flames, that you know, he and some of their guys may come over and yeah. hang out. Coach Oz was scheduled to be with us. He's a little under the weather. Talk to him today. And, uh, Coach, we hope you, if you're listening, we hope you feel better really soon. Look forward to having you back with us as soon as you're back. That Fourth Street trip on Fridays before the first game, to me, is yes. getting to kind of be a tradition. You know, that kind of kicks off yep, the we'll season. We'll have Will East to preview uh, high school football. I think that's very exciting. And then you're going to be interviewing one of your real heroes. You know, the Molly Ringwalds, who if you've never seen the Molly Ringwalds uh, perform, you're missing a treat. They're going to be actually performing in Spirit Park uh, the day of the game, uh, Saturday afternoon. And one of the one of the Molly Ringwalds is going to join us. Uh, I, I feel like Michael Mergens would beat me up. But what is a Molly Ringwald? Well, Molly Ringwald was an actress. Okay. But, now, Luke, surely you knew that. I didn't. I think I I think I Googled yesterday and I think like a redheaded actress popped up or yes, something. That's her. Okay. And she she was a real she was know. real famous back in the in the eighties for doing these uh, coming of age movies and she was kind of America's sweetheart there for a little while. And so these guys and guess what music decade that these guys sing music from? Uh, the 80s. The 80s. The 80s. You got it. So they'll be All with right. us on Friday Eagle as well. Hour on the road tomorrow. Mo Bidget, come by, say hello to us. Uh, we'll have some t-shirts to give you. Also, if you haven't had a beignet at Mo Bidget, tomorrow would be a great opportunity for you to come uh, taste it for yourself. It's very, very good. We're excited about being down there. Look forward to it. And until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.